Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Ketogenic Nutritionist Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Stewart, registered dietitian and the ketogenic nutritionist. My why for this podcast is to further your knowledge on the ketogenic diet by discussing tips and tricks for weight loss, health updates, research updates, and all of my favorite recipes. Just think of it as all things keto. So let's jump right in, and thanks again for being here. Welcome to episode two of the podcast. It's titled Why Keto? I really wanted to do a podcast with this content early on so that people understand my heart behind this and why the ketogenic diet is so impactful and so significant. We're going to go over a couple of topics. Topic number one is just our current nutrition recommendations uh, that aren't necessarily getting the job done. This is the U.S. recommendations and frankly, the global recommendations. Topic number two is the ketogenic diet's impact on hormones, which are very profound and very significant. Topic number three is just some of the benefits of the ketogenic diet and why some of the myths and um, naysayers online are wrong and or don't have a broad view on the ketogenic diet. So let's go ahead and dive into topic number one discussing our nutrition recs that just aren't getting the job done. So jumping into the first topic, our current nutrition recommendations just aren't getting the job done. As a whole, the United States really responds to government recommendations when it comes to nutrition advice. Um, You can see that this happened, whatever it was, 15, 10 years ago when the fear fat nutrition dogma was all over the media. You know, everyone was saying, oh, it's fat that's causing this disease. Like everyone fear fat, fear fat. You can really see in the graphs and the charts and the statistics that in general, Americans really did cut back on fat. They really did decrease the amount of fat that they were consuming. And when you compare those charts and graphs to disease charts and graphs, it's really astonishing. You see that as we decreased fat disease just rampantly goes up. I mean, it's incredible. Diabetes, heart failure, mental health related disease, Alzheimer's, obesity, all of it starts to skyrocket at a much faster rate than it was before. So a lot of times people are like, oh, well, you can just blame that on time. No, there is a clear, clear correlation between the fear, fat, nutrition dogma and the increase of disease. And, and honestly, people still to this day are scared of cholesterol. I have I have conversations almost every single day about cholesterol in the ketogenic diet and fat in the ketogenic diet. Oh, is it gonna is it gonna cause a heart attack? Is it gonna is it gonna cause all these problems? No, the answer is no. And you we I don't even need to discuss the statistics. Forty two percent of the population, forty two percent of the population. That's almost half the U.S. population was considered obese, not overweight. They were considered obese in 2018. Now these estimations are are sure to continue going up for 2020 and it's it obesity plays a huge role in your health it can really deteriorate things quickly especially if you're not metabolically healthy because there is such a thing as like healthy fat healthy obese um just like there's such a thing as you know skinny fat is what we call it and obesity costs the body a lot of a lot of resources and um it just plays a role in disease not only does it cost the body stuff, but it also costs the American population stuff. So obesity costs $149 billion annually. 
$149 billion annually. And guess what this is paid for? This is paid for by Medicare and Medicaid. So not only are we seeing a a tremendous health crisis, but we're also seeing a a financial burden that's coming along with this. It's not just uh, people are getting sick and dying. It's also uh, people's pocketbooks and taxes and all of this is impacted as well. And what we've done as uh, dietitians and medical groups and nutrition science and all of this is we've really reduced weight loss down to eat less and move more. And what this does is it simplifies metabolism. It doesn't take into consideration a lot of body processes. It doesn't take into consideration hormones. It doesn't take into consideration things that that really, really matter. So you can tell anyone to, hey, you need to eat less calories and you need to you need to burn more. Well, that's great. But at the same time, are they wrecking their hormones or at the same time, are they decreasing their metabolism? You can see that that happened in the biggest loser study. If you want to go check that out, they they ate so low calories that they just absolutely destroyed their metabolisms. So this this current recommendation, and I would I would arguably say what's most popular among medical groups and and dietitians alike is oh to lose weight you really need to eat less calories. And while I agree to this to an extent, I do not absolutely do not hang my hat on the calories in versus calories out theory. I don't think that we are just a bank that you deposit and you take out. I think that we have that is oversimplifying metabolism so so much. I, it is not just calories in that calories out that matters. 400 calories of Oreos will never be the same and will never have the same impact on your hormones, on inflammation, on metabolism that 400 calories of steak will. And this can get into really complicated stuff, and I don't really necessarily want to go there. I just want you to know that what we've done as a nation is we've put so much emphasis on calories in versus calories out, and we've put so little emphasis on the hormonal impact of certain macronutrients, um, i.e. carbs, fats, and proteins. We haven't discussed what those do um, in the body in regards to insulin resistance, which we'll have a whole episode on insulin resistance, so you guys stay tuned. But we've really made it simple. And you can see uh, different diets have really embraced this. Weight Watchers is just a calorie counting method. Um, My Fitness Pal, all of these different diets just just decrease calories, but don't necessarily address the hormonal impact. So our current nutrition recommendations in the U.S. and globally just are not getting the job done. They're not making things happen. They're not helping people lose weight necessarily long term. And they're definitely not addressing some of the root cause issues of chronic disease, i.e. insulin resistance. And so we've really done the public a disservice. And this is why one of the reasons I'm so passionate about the ketogenic diet, and we're going to get into hormones in just a second topic too. But because I want people to know that it's it's more complicated. Weight loss is more complicated than calories in versus calories out. Yes, that plays a role, but it's not necessarily the biggest role. And so as, as a registered dietitian and medical professional, I want you to know that there are options and alternatives to calories in versus calories out. And if you do not address the hormonal impact of food, especially, especially the hormonal impact that carbohydrates have on, uh, the hormone insulin, you can struggle to lose weight and, or you can yo-yo doing these low calorie diets, gaining it back, low calorie diets, gaining it back. And you'll eventually end up just really wrecking your metabolism. 
So we've really got to work on this as a nation is we've really got to put the helpful information out there um, to really, really impact our nutrition recommendations that we're giving as a medical community. Our second topic is on the ketogenic diets impact on hormones. Now, this is a huge topic and I'm just going to hit on some of the highlights versus diving too deep. Like I said, I I want this podcast to be practical, so I don't want to go too deep, but um, it does have a very profound impact on hormones. And this is not just me talking. This is research backed and proven. So kind of the first topic here is that good fats and fat in general, saturated fat and, and plant fat and animal fats support hormone production and they maintain hormone balance because they're literally the building blocks. So these fats that, that we've been so wrongly told not to eat are, are, are the building blocks for estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, et cetera. And so a lot of times when people are having issues in um, hormonal dysregulation, it can be because they've followed low fat, they've avoided fat, and their hormones just don't have the, the building blocks they need to be to be prominent. And so these fats really support this production and they help maintain hormonal balance. And, uh, you know, it's kind of anecdotal, but you can get online and see some of the differences that, uh, people do or have, especially men, uh, when they go low fat, um, with testosterone and it's a, it's an issue. And once again, I don't want to dive too deep into this because we could rabbit trail for a while, but some serious issues happen if you're, if you have testosterone issues and and you don't eat uh, enough fat to build that testosterone and uh, you kind of know what those are. And secondly, the hormonal impact on insulin on the ketogenic diet is, is profound. A study published in 2005 in an internal medicine journal showed that the ketogenic diet increased insulin sensitivity by 75%, 75%. That is huge in obese people with diabetes. Now, I want you guys to think back about the recommendations that we're giving people with diabetes now. And type two diabetes is, is an issue of overconsumption of carbs. Now, obviously diabetes type two can be caused by other things like agent orange and medications and such, but uh, essentially it is a disease of, of excess carbohydrates. And basically what happens in the body when you overconsume carbohydrates is the hormone insulin is released from the pancreas to take care of these. And the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you consume these carbohydrates, basically insulin, uh, is unable to do its job, uh, correctly. And you become more and more insulin resistance resistant. And like I said earlier in the podcast, insulin resistance is being linked to uh, tons of different disease states, metabolic states, dysfunction. And for the ketogenic diet to be so profound on insulin resistance and work so well and make that hormone work so much better in your body uh, is, like, in my opinion, the first step to disease prevention. If you have insulin resistance, you're pre-diabetic, you have high triglycerides, some of the other symptoms of insulin resistance can be skin tags. I could go on and on. Uh, but if that is something that you are suffering from, it, you're, you're, you're playing with fire in terms of disease states. And so again, the, the ketogenic diet is very powerful at making you more insulin sensitive. And it's one of my favorite ways just to help people in general 
preventative health is is having them follow a ketogenic diet and watching their insulin sensitivity just really, really do well. When you're insulin sensitive, all sorts of metabolic miracles occur. Uh, you can stay slim. It's easier to get fit. You lower your risk of cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, diabetes significantly. Uh, women going through PMS or hot flashes tend to have very mild symptoms of these things. You can even rebuild your bone health if you are at risk for, you know, osteoporosis and things like that when you become more insulin sensitive, as well as cravings. So one thing we don't talk about a lot, but uh, insulin and blood sugar can be the real driver of appetite issues and or craving, especially sugar, carbohydrate laden foods. And when you become insulin sensitive, you follow a ketogenic diet, you give your body what it needs. These cravings are really second thought. I mean, they just don't happen like they used to. And you don't feel hungry all day, every day. And you don't always constantly think about food and become obsessed about your next snack and your next meal. Because when you're following a ketogenic diet, your hormones are so happy. And not only that, but your body is nourished. So you don't need these continued ex this continued um, amount of food from the outside like you would before. So it's very powerful. It works really well on your fat burning hormones as well as your satiating hormone ghrelin. Uh, it can help really uh, harmonize that hormone as well. So just some of the highlighted hormones that the ketogenic diet impacts. Uh, and lastly, I just want to talk about uh, those with PCOS. Um, you guys heard my story before and uh, I suffered from PCOS for a long time and uh, wasn't really sure what to do, but the ketogenic diet is tried and true studied for benefits to PCOS. Um, in fact, in one study, uh, a couple people accidentally got pregnant. Uh, they weren't necessarily trying, but it uh, when you when you fix the issue of insulin resistance in PCOS, some really beautiful things can happen. It, for the ketogenic diet specifically in PCOS, obviously it balances insulin just like it would in everyone else, but it helps maintain a healthy testosterone level uh, in those with PCOS because obviously we know that those are a little out of whack and women uh, have a little too high of those androgenic testosterone levels. Uh, you also see quite a bit of improvement in weight as well as the symptoms associated with PCOS. So like acne and um, facial hair and all the kind of stuff that ladies definitely don't want, as well as fertility. So um, anytime I have someone, a client um, suffering with infertility and they have insulin resistance related PCOS, it's the first thing I recommend is, hey, you really need to be on a ketogenic diet to straighten out your hormones. So this is a really cool thing. I reversed my PCOS, healed it. And, uh, you know, if you don't already know this, I'm currently pregnant uh, naturally. No IVF, no Clomid, nothing else. Um, I was able to get pregnant following a ketogenic diet with PCOS. So it's some really, really powerful and, and an incredible way to heal your body through harmonizing your hormones with the ketogenic diet. So the last topic, I just wanted to dispel some of the myths that you may see on Facebook, on Instagram, and some of the other places where people tend to get terrible nutrition advice. So what I've seen and what is frustrating to me is a lot of people, influencers, even dietitians and other people, um, one, don't necessarily have the background in keto and kind of take it for surface level and assume that um, it's all bacon and butter and it's terrible and they're still stuck in this fat fear 
nutrition dogma and they just completely post unscientific things online and uh, really turn people off of keto and or scare them. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it because there are a lot, a lot of benefits, as you can see, and a lot of different ways of following keto. Um, and I, and I want to follow up with that by saying keto isn't right for everyone and the ketogenic diet isn't necessarily everyone's answer. Um, really, in terms of nutrition, what the answer is for most people is whatever works for them. So I'm not going to sit here and say that everybody in on earth should follow a ketogenic diet. Do I think a majority can? Absolutely. Do I think the majority of people need to decrease their carbohydrates ASAP? Absolutely. Do I think they need to be super strict keto? No, not necessarily. Do I think some? Absolutely. So with all of that being said, please don't feel like if this isn't right for you, then you have to do it to see health results. Everyone can benefit from simple changes in their diet. Getting rid of sugary, processed, high corn syrup laden foods. And that's really your step one. Step one, everyone can benefit from getting a little bit more movement. Everyone can benefit from getting a little bit more sunlight. So that's just my little disclaimer there before people send me nasty grams. Um, but I wanted to talk about, again, some of the myths that you hear online regarding the ketogenic diet. And I would say the first one and the one I hear the most often is the cholesterol myth. Again, this goes back to the fear, fat, nutrition dogma that was wrongly promoted years and years and years ago. And the ketogenic diet is not going to have negative benefits on your cholesterol. And I want to say another disclaimer here is I could do a whole nother episode on the cholesterol myth as well. So if you, if you want, or you have some free time, look up some of the the articles on that and um, kind of some of the the fear that's been put into cholesterol as well. The ketogenic diet um, has often been touted as a very low fiber diet, and it can be if you need it to be, um, but it can also be hairy, very high fiber if that's what you're looking for as well. So the ketogenic diet can include a variety of different non-starchy vegetables. It can include uh, avocado, which is very high fiber, so to say that it's low fiber is closed-minded as well as um, just not knowing how to do it correctly, um, honestly, and or um, not knowing what fits into the ketogenic diet. Now, I'm not uh, going to say that high fiber is for everyone either because I think fiber is another controversial topic we can get into talking about another day. One other really good thing about the ketogenic diet, unlike what you'll hear online, is it's very easy to follow. So a lot of people say, oh, it's super restrictive. You're never going to be able to succeed long term. And it's just it eliminates way too much food and it it literally eliminates carbohydrates. And sugar is the only macronutrient that you literally do not need to survive. <laughs> so contrary to popular belief, your brain can run off ketones just as well, if not better than it can on carbohydrates. So that's one of the biggest things I hear as well is, oh, your brain needs carbs. Uh, False. Uh, I'm calling false on that one. It does not need carbs. It, the brain loves ketones. The brain loves cholesterol. Um, and so you can definitely follow this long term. Carbohydrates are everywhere, but protein and fat and non-starchy vegetables are everywhere too. I have no problems eating out. I have no issues uh, visiting the same restaurants that everyone else does and vacationing, whatever you want to say, and sticking to keto. It is absolutely easy to follow. 
if you have a good education and you know what you're doing there. Uh, and I just wanted to briefly chat about, so I, I know I talked about hormones earlier and kind of some of the benefits that the ketogenic diet has on hormones, but I do want to talk about some additional health benefits aside from just weight loss and hormoni- uh, harmonizing the hormones. Uh, one thing about keto that it does is it really attacks abdominal fat. So studies have shown that the ketogenic diet attacks visceral fat uh, quickest. Um, and if you don't know what visceral fat is, visceral fat is essentially the dangerous fat. It's the fat that's stored around your organs and your abdominal cavity. And really the, the fat that's scary, uh, the ketogenic diet attacks that first. The ketogenic diet also rapidly decreases triglycerides. If you don't know what triglycerides are, they are a very strong heart disease predictor. They drop very rapidly on the ketogenic diet, uh, a pretty good indicator of insulin resistance too. If you have high triglycerides, Obviously, they, uh, the ketogenic diet reduces blood sugar, as I've already talked about. Um, it can lower blood pressure. Again, uh, one of the many side effects of insulin resistance and other things. And it also can improve acne. So one of the things, and I think I mentioned that maybe when I was talking about the hormones, but if you're suffering from acne, one of the best things you can do is go on keto. So when I talk about it being easier to follow, uh, the ketogenic diet, you have a lot less cravings. So you're not constantly needing foods all the time. There's also incredible amounts of alternatives. So thankfully, food companies have kind of caught on to the ketogenic diet and people wanting to follow it. And they've created a lot of different food alternatives that you can get, you know, pasta alternatives, bunch of different things that can just help you kind of transition into the ketogenic diet without necessarily feeling like you're having food FOMO. Uh, So which has been really nice. You feel really full for a long period of time. And this is why the ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting go hand in hand, uh, because you really just don't need that constant surge of energy from outside sources all the time. You don't have to count calories. You don't have to measure food. You don't have to weigh foods. You don't have to do any of the things that make changing a dietary lifestyle complicated. There, there doesn't have to be that much thought into it. Yes, you have to be mindful about the foods that you choose, but you don't necessarily have to carb count or calorie count and or food weight. Occasionally, people will need to learn how to count carbs just because that comes hand in hand with getting into ketosis. You have to lower your carbs to a certain number, but that is usually lasts a week or two and you pretty much have that in the bag and you can stop worrying about that as well. Another really beneficial thing about keto is the results are very quick. So people lose weight very, very rapidly because of that insulin drop, as well as losing any excess water weight that they've been carrying. And this helps people's motivation levels. And as as superficial as that may be, it really is beneficial to, to see results quick because that can keep people's mindset in a good place versus them getting frustrated and, um, you know, discouraged with the lack of weight loss. So, I know that there is everything under the sun about the ketogenic diet online. I would encourage you to make sure that you get your sources from people who are educated on the ketogenic diet. So if it's a if it's an Instagram influencer who doesn't necessarily know what they're talking about and they're slamming the ketogenic diet, I would question one, not necessarily their credentials. Obviously, if they're not nutritionally trained and or don't have a background in this, they probably don't have any business talking about it. Um, but just re- be really mindful and be your own health advocate and look up stuff, research stuff, and really uh, put the effort in to understand because it's there and it's obvious. Some of my favorite resources um, 
definitely in anything Jimmy Moore has written. And he's he's got a he's got a variety of of different books that are incredibly helpful. I love love the Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung. That's an incredible book. Um, that was one of the first books I read when I uh, kind of started down this journey, and it, and it definitely is a life changer. Another really really good book that I'm, I just finished up is called Why We Get Sick by Dr. Benjamin Binkman. It's an incredible book as well. So those are kind of some of my favorite resources. If you're not looking to read, you can check out a documentary on Amazon Prime called Fat Fiction. That was another one that really, really helped me kind of understand why we're in the situation we're in and how to get out of it. So I'd really encourage you to check out some of those books and that documentary and and kind of get a base level knowledge and obviously stay uh on track with this podcast, uh, follow me on Instagram. If you don't already do so, I'm at the period ketogenic period nutritionist. I really try to be available for my followers. So if you ever have any questions or you want to give me feedback or, or even podcast topic ideas, please send me a DM. I love catching up with you guys. I love hearing from my audience. So please, I look forward to that, uh, weekly. Thank you guys for listening to, why keto this episode uh is number two and like i said i'm going to keep going just to make this as practical and helpful uh, for you guys as possible i appreciate you thank you for being here and i hope everyone has a wonderful week